0: I saved the best for last because the Twitch community, these esports players, have been a massive driver for us. He's wired
1: in. Sorry? He's wired in. Is he? Yes. How about now? You're still wired in? Welcome to New Kids on the Block. What's going on everybody and welcome to episode 2 of New Kids on the Block presented by In Their 20s. I'm your host Landon Campbell. Thank you so much for the amazing feedback for episode 1 with Blake Michael. Glad to see that everybody is enjoying the show so far. Understand that we have another jam-packed episode for you today. This episode is also on the creator economy. We're going to be speaking with my good friend Casey Adams. He's the co-founder and CEO of Media Kits. Think about Media Kits as your digital resume for creators. They combine all your social data, your followers, your engagement, your impressions, and they add it to a very organized Media Kit, which is why it's called Media Kit. Before Media Kits existed, if you were a creator and you wanted a deal with a brand, you'd have to screenshot all your followers and create a spreadsheet. Things like this would take so much time for creators and influencers. Now, Media Kits exists. It's an awesome product. proud to say that I was one of the first podcasters to join the platform. I'm very bullish on what Casey's building, and he is a very well-known influencer and creator himself, so we're going to be able to dive in to his thoughts on the creator economy, what he's building at Media Kits, and his advice for attracting investors, so this is episode two of New Kids on the Block. If you were to describe media kits in a sentence or two, or if you need more, that's totally fine. But what would you say? I would
0: say for media kits, it's the easiest way to aggregate cross-platform
1: data analytics for creators. I love that. It's literally a digital resume for creators. So let's talk briefly about what you were doing prior to creating media kits and like help our audience understand like what led you to creating this company, the challenges that you had to deal with as a creator. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I've, I've been a creator since I was 17, mainly through my podcast, the Casey Adams show. And, you know, I, I've hosted it now for almost five years. This it will be five years this December. And, you know, media kits was both me and my partner having different instances of, dealing with the the, the hardships of creating a media kit where historically a media kit, uh, you have to build it on Canva or Photoshop, and it takes a couple hours, screenshot data. So, you know, over the years of being a creator, I either A, have been pitched many, many times of guests trying to be on my show and they'll send me media kits um, or vice versa. If I'm looking to work with a brand and I have to pitch my media kit, there was always just this dynamic of, Hey, why do I have to keep updating my media kit? And why isn't there a way to, A, create a easily updated cross-platform dynamic media kit? And then why isn't there a way for trusted data that brands can validate and, and view? But, you know, some of the hardships over the course of time were just that one simple thing. Uh, media kit's not updating in real time, having to go back and update it as oh, my brand's changing and going back on Canva, mm-hmm. downloading it as a PDF, attaching it in an email, and not just making it one simple link. Um but, you know, the, the whole uh, idea for it stemmed from one of my good friends, Jeff, or his name's JR Garage on YouTube. He's a big automotive YouTuber. And one day he caught up my business partner, Kieran, and he was frantically saying, hey, you know, uh, Pennzoil reached out to me. They want to do a, a brand deal. Can you go make me a media kit? Because he knew that we were both in the marketing and branding world. And we ended up making him one, send it to him, he got the deal. And then three weeks later, he comes back to us again, frantically saying, guys, Ferrari contacted me. They want to fly me down to Daytona Beach, Florida. They asked me for my media kit. Can you go back and update it? Uh, and th- you know, this whole problem just kept coming up and we really started to ideate on it and no one has done it the way we thought it should be done. So a couple of years of ideation and COVID started happening in 2020 and there was no other perfect time, but then to launch something like
1: media kits in the creator economy and we were just off the races. Totally, man. It's a genius idea. I've told many creators in my circle who you know, have 10 times more followers than me. And then also maybe that are on my level to use media kits because it's a wonderful resource. I want to dive into the creator economy a little bit. This is something that you've been hyper-focused on since you were 17 years old. Um, I think that the creator economy has evolved a lot where maybe when you got started, it was just a lot of people posting. But now it's that coupled with people trying to turn their brands into full-scale media companies themselves. We see... FaZe clan just went public, you know, look at the, what the Pauls are doing. Mr. Beast, what's like a favorite insight of yours that you speak to people about, um, that you're really paying close attention to in the creator economy. Like how big do you think this opportunity will and can get?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I love that question. You know, one thing that I was like to go off of is a report that came out last year, just talking about how there's over 50 million creators that consider themselves creators full-time, um, And, you know, in that article, you know, the crater economy is not only a multi-billion dollar opportunity, but it's growing year over year. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing that I've noticed over the course of time, since 2017 specifically, is that it's only gotten more serious. And like, yes, you can follow the numbers, but even just looking at the creators, people are taking it more seriously. The, the creators popping up out of out of nowhere are you know, not only just looking to do this to hopefully go viral, but to build a business. So it's one thing to look at the business side and the numbers of, oh, the, the creators are growing. But if you take a step back, which I tend to do a lot and talk to the creators and really put your boots on the ground. Like we do at media Kids. you know, we've, we've over 25,000 creators on our platform That's We're amazing, talking every day. And I think the most important thing is people are taking this very serious and this is their career goal. And if you talk to enough creators, you start to really understand like, wow, this isn't just a, a flash in the pan. Like people are Again, not only taking this extremely serious, but the opportunities there—it's—it's it's growing day by day. I think there was just like a creator census that came out, um, and this whole idea of the creator economy inflation, right? Where there's over thirty-nine thousand or thirty-six thousand accounts on TikTok with over a million followers, which is more than Instagram, which is more than YouTube, and you know they talked about this idea of oh, there's too many creators, or there's an inflation happening in the creator economy. I mean, the reality is TikTok created such an opportunity for everyone to not only build a brand but a potential business but mm-hmm. I think the true difference and what's going to make or break certain creators versus others is just their commitment to it because typically you know if, if you're someone that's just going to launch a startup or launch a business you're very like just business focused and then you get the marketing the branding everything else comes about it where I think as a creator you're you have to think about it differently where you know, you are the business, you know, that quote from Jay-Z, you're not a businessman, you are a, a business a businessman. man. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that creators have to triple down on the content aspect while also juggling this business aspect. And I think that working with great people and having great people on your team is what is really going to um, create the winners long-term. And whether that's, you know, just your good friends or your family members, whoever it is, I think doing it alone as a creator is hard long-term and you see, you know, biggest careers in the world have the best teams, but that was built over time. And mm-hmm. you, you really have to be committed to your craft and committed for the long-term.
1: Totally. Yeah. 50 million people consider themselves creators. I see that quote a lot. I think that that number is going to continue to grow. People trust people. And I don't think you need to have the biggest following in the world as well to be a creator. I think we're going to see a lot of people becoming creators in the future, sharing products that they use, services that they use, and they should be compensated for that, um, especially if they're proud to rep and support a brand. So let's talk about this now from the perspective of the brand. Because I understand you just said, um, very well said that creators are starting to take this way more seriously now. Um, they want to get better deals. They want to be able to showcase their work in a more efficient way, which is why they're using media kits. But from the brand perspective, as a creator yourself, and also working with thousands and thousands of creators, are they also starting to take creators more seriously? And what are some of the things that they want um, in the creators that they work with?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, you know, the simple answer is yes. I think if you're a, any type of brand, direct consumer, a uh, software company, whatever it may be, you understand that a being on social media for the, your company and the brand is just inevitable. If you're not there, you you know you're it's, you're at a massive disadvantage. But then, most importantly, to your question, understanding on these platforms, right? Like the attention is because of the creators, right? Like the creators putting out content is the is the only reason these platforms are thriving at the end of the day, right? And mm-hmm. every business owner that is looking to not only become successful or looking to grow, you understand that, as you said, you have to focus on your customers. And at the end of the day, those are people. But now you have these creators that are not only going to be massive players with you know the word of mouth, organic marketing, but there's an arbitrage happening where you see, you know, brands like Fashionova and some of the largest brands that have le- really leveraged uh creators, they, they created a real blueprint. And I think there's been a lot of companies over the years that I've you know I've spoken to firsthand that might have had a bad taste with influencer marketing. They didn't do it right because it wasn't proven out. But if you really crack the code and, you know, the, I don't have the perfect formula for anyone, but I think brands now, you know, using tools like MediaGets and other tools that are out there, being able to see like, um, like hashtag paid and being able to vet creators and the brand, the work that they've done with brand, brands and vice versa, or being able, being able to see transparent data from a creator instead of relying on a creator just talking numbers over Sending screenshots. And, and sending and, screenshots. You don't know if it's Photoshopped exactly. or, you know, there's nothing really verified there. Mm-hmm. I think that brands, same thing, and I don't want to say the same answer, but I think brands are taking it more seriously and they have been for the last five years. And I think I, anyone that is in this business world or a creator economy would agree with me there where brands know it's important. Uh, if you're a brand, you're most likely trying to work with influencers or thinking about creator campaigns or organic product placement, sending out products to TikTokers to hopefully make have them make a video. Like these are all thoughts that go through, I'm sure a lot of business owners' heads. And If it's not, it's going to happen here soon. Um, that, I mean, to your point though, Brands are taking it more seriously. And yes, you could, you know, read about this in an article, but you know, if you're a business owner, ask yourself, like if you look at a creator in the whole space, would you rather be working with creators that have a massive audience that knows them, that likes them and that trusts them or not? And I think a majority of people would say, absolutely. There's a huge opportunity there. And I think that tools like MediaKits and all of the other creator economy tools that are looking to build resources to make this process easier, um, it's a massive opportunity and the, the framework is being laid day by day, year by year. And it's just the beginning. And, you know, creator influencer marketing has been around for a while now. Uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, not long at all. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's proven track records of it working. There's more creators than ever. Um, creators are taking it more seriously. And I think that default brands are going to continue leveraging creators in a positive way, working with them. And, you uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I think everyone that is building in this space, including my, myself and our team at MediKids, is beyond bullish on what the opportunity at hand is.
1: Totally. And I love that you guys are big supporters of transparency as well, because I love the point you made that a lot of, I mean, stuff that I've seen in the past where a lot of brands, like they want to work with influencers and creators, but it was so difficult for a long time to like actually see, um, as someone who, you know, was working with a brand that would hire influencers in the past. Like it was difficult to actually see what was legit and not legit uh, Uh versus like some creators just saying they have this big audience, but how were you able to prove it? So I want to really dive into the product now. Super cool to hear about the traction. Congratulations. Let's learn a little bit more about who the users are of media kits. I understand you guys have influencers, um artists but also athletes podcasters streamers i'm very proud to say i was i think i'm one of the first podcasters to sign up for media right when i saw you post about it i signed up before (laughs) you guys even had any uh, resources for podcasters so i've been a big supporter of you for a while man and what you're building here let's really learn more about the users like what are some interesting use cases that you didn't see coming up when you guys built the product and who is really enjoying the product the most absolutely
0: um so you know the whole idea for media kits uh when we launched it we knew there was more than just one use case right like we we say it's the easiest tool for creators and you know if you dive into the word creator we think about a you know podcasters they, that was that stemmed from my background podcasters musicians and really musicians because historically in the music space uh, musicians use epk's electronic press kits and in the media world you use a press kit to pitch a story and it all ties into this thesis of what is a media kit mm-hmm. and it's your digital resume. And any person, brand creator, uh, musician, now athletes with the whole NCAA ruling, and even professional athletes, yep. we've we've been very aware that there's many use cases, and it all funnels towards this higher level thought of a creator and someone that's putting out content on social and that's building a excuse me building a social audience at scale. And I think from the day we launched, we launched about a year ago, August 11th of 2021. Um, We launched with four integrations. It was Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And then in October of last year, we launched TikTok. And then this past February, we launched Twitch integration. And those two integrations really opened up our eyes to how creators are using the product. Because I remember the day we launched TikTok, we had more user signups than ever before. There was this natural kind of viral buzz within the TikTok community of these creators that were using the tool and sharing it with their friends. And, you know, the truth is out of the 25,000 creators we we've, we've we have on the platform, I would say 90, 95% of that is purely organic where we haven't spent a dollar to acquire a user. And it's, been based off of the word of mouth effect of creators sharing it with their uh, with their friends, brands receiving media kits and then telling their creators that they work with this, hey, we got this media kit. You should definitely check out this service. It's a great way to organize your data and pitch it to a brand like ourselves. Um so I would say the TikTok community has been loving it so much. And then I saved the best for last because the Twitch community, these esports players have been a massive driver for us mainly from twitter ironically and we've noticed that and personally i didn't have much of a background in twitch i was never a streamer but what i've learned over these past six months is not only uh does the twitch community have such a passionate following but the twitch streamers are putting in so much work you know Mm -hmm. every every creator puts in a lot of work but the twitch streamers that are going live you have to really uh, you know, be in front of the camera and build a community through being live, not, you know, creating different videos and making them perfect and then putting it out. And they talk a lot on Twitter. They, they praise things they love, whether that's another streamer or a product like media kits. I remember in, what is it? July now, back in April, over the course of the month, we had like 25,000 organic mentions on Twitter. Uh, and that was a mainly, through Twitch streamers and sharing it and having some, a couple of viral tweets of people tagging their favorite streamer. And, you know, to your question of what really uh, opened our eyes, like we knew streamers were going to be a big opportunity for us, but Mm -hmm. it was a bigger opportunity and continues to be as we see that market. And, you know, if I think about the future, what we're truly excited about is not only to service the creators we're currently working with, but I, we think that the, athletic world really diving into that college athlete professional athlete world is going to be super interesting and aggregating data from different data points there um and then musicians you know a media kit is used so often in the music space and we have a lot of cool investors that are have a music background that you know that's why they got involved because they use media kits very frequently um so we're excited about those two avenues and you know we're going to continue to Uh, hopefully see how the product is used in different ways but you know it goes back to our thesis that this tool is utilized in many different ways and we're just extremely uh, you know disciplined about listening to our users and really understanding what they want.
1: Yeah I just love that you're saving people so much time um, (laughs) because you know whether you're a college athlete or a musician that's on the road um, you know, you want to do these brand deals, but you're just saving people so much time because this is updated daily or weekly depending on the membership tier that you have with Media Kits. So I think that's a really powerful resource um, for the people, users that use the platform. Um, so I want to talk briefly about competitors. Obviously, you guys saw this early, which is why you probably got the name Media Kits before anybody else did. But are you starting to see other people replicate the idea, maybe other companies starting to explore a tool like this?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I would say... At the end of the day, I think competition in business is what makes it so great. Yep. Right. We have noticed, and I don't need to talk too depth in names and everything, but there's a lot of companies out there. I shouldn't say a lot, a handful of companies that have launched MediKit tools that, you know, only validate our bigger vision totally. of becoming the authority in cross-platform data and analytics. And it's a lot of companies that have other product offerings that, you know, we perceive it as they see what we've done and they've seen it work, and it's a great top of funnel type of tool for them to acquire new users or creators. When for us, we've taken the opposite approach of, you know, our media kit builder tool is our first and only product at the moment. And we're going all in and becoming the de facto media mm-hmm. kit builder tool, the authority in this cross-platform data aggregation. And, you know, hence, as you mentioned, that's why we call our company media is because we're inch wide, mile deep is what we like to say. And I think uh, other competitors, um, it's just a a product offering that they have when for us, it's everything. So, you know, it's cool to see it's validated our our initial idea. But, you know, it's I think similar to the Lincoln Biospace, there's room for many people to have a piece of the pie because, you know, brands are going to build certain communities. Certain creators are going to resonate with certain brands more than others. And it's just up to us to keep building and doing what we're best at. And, you know, that's what we're looking to do every single day.
1: I love that, man. That's really, really good advice there too. Um, I want to end up uh, the interview with uh, another piece of advice uh, for young founders looking to acquire investors early. Obviously, you know so much happens in the first few months of building a business and you have this idea, you have to execute here, you have to find people to fund the company as well. Um, but you have some wonderful strategic investors and also angels I've saw on the list um, on your website. What's your advice for acquiring investors and really like painting and showcasing what you're building?
0: Yeah. You know, for me specifically, you know, I I can talk about it from my perspective, like the way we've gone about uh, initially raising our pre-seed round and having a lot of strategic there was just quality relationship building over time. And for me specifically, that has come through my podcast, right? And I've had my show for almost five years now, as I've said before, I've done just over 400 plus interviews. And I would say 90, 95% of our initial investors were a byproduct of a podcast interview and you know some of the podcast interviews that I've had those people that are investors introduced us to some friends of theirs that got involved and you know that's not going to be the path for everyone that happened to just be the path for me and you know it doesn't have to be a podcast i think for any young person that's looking to raise money you have to a put yourself out there and whether that's cold pitching in a in an email to Mark Cuban or whomever it may be or, or on the DMs, um, the only way you're gonna raise money from you know angel investors or, or or a fund is not only pitching your vision, but you have to um understand the relationship dynamic where a warm intro to someone will go so far than versus a cold DM or a cold email. And yes, those things work, but you know, for us, we, were, we had the privilege of having years of experience of building relationships and I've hosted dozens of events in my, over the past four or five years, And you know, especially the podcast where for me, setting up the initial pitch meetings and just getting not only uh, the opportunity to pitch an investor, but true feedback, you know, that was my whole pitch to a lot of the early investors that came on board is, you know, I just wanted to A, get their thoughts Um, get them excited about it, hear feedback, and then obviously give them an opportunity to get involved if it was of interest. And I think that natural transition of knowing somebody, building with them over the course of time uh, creates opportunities um, that were, you know, planted years ago when it comes to watering the seeds that you've planted over time. Uh, But, you know, not everyone's going to go launch a podcast, right? So you just have to think about ways to start meeting people, whether that's responding to people on Twitter, whether that's reading someone's book and sending them a thoughtful response to what you thought about it. Like, how can you start creating touch points with people that isn't just about asking for favors right away? Like, hey, can I pitch you my startup? But just bringing value, building relationships um, and really putting yourself out there. I think that's the key to it all and what builds the foundation
1: for the opportunity to go out and raise a round for your startup. Yeah, totally. You need to build the foundation first. I think that's a, something that a lot of young founders don't realize that, as you said, Casey. Like, it's not just asking someone like today if you know you need to raise money tomorrow. Like, and it doesn't have to mean that you're building a podcast. But like, what are you doing months and even years prior to really start to build those relationships? Uh, deliver value first before you ask. And maybe that person you ask will invest, might not invest, but they might be able to connect you with someone um, who's interested in investing. So you actually need to earn that trust before you approach an investor asking for money. So that's something that I hope more young people take to heart.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, that's just my experience. You know, I think there's, there's so many other ways where I, myself, I'm not a developer, I'm not an engineer. So, you know, for some people it's building something that catches traction and other people come to you, right? Like there's, there's of course, so many ways to go about it. I'm just speaking of my experience and something uh, coming from a small town in Virginia with no relationships and no understanding of VC and, and business and tech. I like think that was just my foundation that um, that you know, set me up
1: for where Media Kids is
0: today. But for everyone, it's going to be different and you just got to find what works for you.
1: Totally. Well, dude, very impressed. I mean, you know how bullish I am on you and all your ideas. So this is super cool. I'm excited for our listeners to learn more about Media Kids and just want to say thank you so much for joining the show, man. Of course. Thank you, Landon.